fires burn through the Amazon this summer. And standing in the ashes and the smoke is the man responsible for it all, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then we travel to mining country, where a story has been passed around for decades. Was there really an ancient chamber discovered by simple miners? And when they broke through, a beast murdered them all. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Just a quick reminder, this is the last week and then I'm going to take a week-long break. I take a week-long break every 50 episodes, so these next five episodes are leading up to that. Also, thanks guys for listening to the show, well in general, but also for the Thanksgiving special. That was a lot of fun to do. After that, I did another live stream where we watched... Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter. It was like me and about 12 other people for about an hour and a half watched it. But it was a lot of fun interacting with you guys, watching the movie. I was able to kind of relax. And then after that, after everyone went to bed, I decided to watch another movie by myself late at night. It completely completely ruined my Thanksgiving. Absolutely ruined my Thanksgiving. You know, when the Joker came out, when the Joker movie came out, I went and saw that opening Days at the movie theater, all that stuff. Talked about Joker a bunch. Now, there was a big push in the media. I saw a bunch of articles saying, Joker celebrates incel culture. If you want to see the same movie, but it doesn't celebrate incels, it doesn't celebrate, watch this movie called Cuck. And I was like, oh, okay. So, I I was vaguely aware of the movie Cuck. I knew it was supposedly like the Joker. What I imagined it to be was, you know how God's Not Dead is a movie, it's a series of movies now, but basically it's a movie where all the good guys are Christian and all the bad guys aren't Christian, very, very black and white, to the point that in the first first God's Not Dead movie, there is a Muslim girl listening to the Bible on tape. She has like an iPod, right? And she's downloaded Bible verses. And her Muslim father comes into the... I'm trying not to laugh. This is a horrible thing. But it's just so ridiculous in the context of this movie. Because they're like in the middle of Idaho where this movie takes place. Girl, This Muslim girl is listening to Bible verses on her iPod. Her dad comes in and beats the crap out of her. Because like she takes the headphones out and he hears like Psalms 8. Let the joy of the Lord be poured upon you. And he's like, what? And he starts beating her. It's completely over the top. There's, like, all these characters. And at the ending, all of the new Christians meet at some concert for, like, DC Talk or whatever. Jars of Clay. Doesn't matter. Very, very just good bad. That's what I thought. I thought Cuck was going to be a good laugh. I thought it was going to be a movie. I thought it was going to be a movie bordering on parody where a kid, a young kid, watches, like, four Ben Shapiro videos and then goes out and starts, like, beating up minorities. I thought it was going to be this complete black and white chuckle fest movie that was totally heavy-handed it might have been one of the 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 ugliest movies i've seen since gateway meat and the fact that i'm comparing it to a movie called gate <laughs> gateway meat should tell you the level of 
the, I, the movie is like watching cancer grow. And, and you may think, Jason, you're really hyping this up. I'm not recommending people to see this movie. It ruined my Thanksgiving. And what's really weird, it is the exact same movie as Joker. It's the exact same movie. You have a guy who's living with an elderly single mother who's very, very sick. Who has delusions of grandeur and a plan to get out of their current cycle. And just the worst possible things happen to these people. In Joker, he gets beat up. A bunch of dudes. He's holding up a street sign. A bunch of dudes beat up. Arthur Fleck. In Cuck, another dude jacks off on him. I mean, it's just the, the stuff that the Cuck goes through is so much worse than what Arthur Fleck went through. Again, it's not a movie I would necessarily recommend because it's probably one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. Just it's It's just so tough. There's a scene in it, and this might seem like a bit of a spoiler. The whole movie you don't... I'm probably talking about this for a little bit longer than I plan to, but there's this whole um, thing in the beginning where you don't know... He, his father's dead, but you don't know how or why. Or if he's not dead, if he's left. If he's just out of the picture. And he wears his father's military uniform, and he looks like a boy wearing an adult clothes. And it's a perfect way to start the movie, because he really is a boy in an adult world. He's in his 20s, but just acts like a child. When we find out his... In Joker, we find out, spoiler alert, that he was beaten as like a six-year-old. And that's what gave him the laughing. That part is pretty stupid. He gets hit so hard as a kid, it makes him laugh all the time. That part was really dumb in Joker. In this movie... So you're like, okay, that's horrible. Six-year-old Joker is tied to a radiator and beat up. He's hit so hard that he, he has a laughing disorder. In Cuck... We find out, again, totally worse. We find out that when he was a baby, when Cuck, when that's his name now, when Cuck was a baby, Cuck Finn, when he was a baby, we see in a flashback, his dad blows his brains out, kills himself. The dad kills himself while holding Cuck, baby Cuck, and the baby begins playing with the wound in the head, playing with the brains. That's the difference between these two movies. One of them is like, oh, this guy, this guy was kind of like punched, punched so hard 20 years ago. And now he laughs. The other one was, I played with my dad's open wound and it totally ruined my Thanksgiving. But if you're a fan of extreme cinema, watch Cuck. But <laughs> I don't recommend it. That went on far longer than I thought it was going to. But um, I just wanted to share my misery. I wanted to share my misery with you guys. Let's go ahead and move on to our first topic. Amazon, let's hop in the Carpenter Copter. We're headed to the Amazon jungle. The, what they call it? The scuba gear of the planet or something like that? The lungs of the planet. The lungs of the planet. A bunch of oxygen comes from, um, comes from the Amazon. It comes from trees and stuff like that. Whatever. Trees are burning down. Trees have burned down since the beginning of time. I get it that these tree. This was a particularly bad forest fire. I got these notes written down. Uh, last year there was like ten thousand forest fires. This year there was thirty thousand. But I mean that includes like just one tree burning, which I get it is still bad. But Jer Bolsonaro, Jer Bolsonaro, he is the president of uh, Brazil. Um, or it's prime minister or something like that. I think he's president. 
I don't know. I don't pay attention to anything outside the United States. I don't know if you guys haven't caught on to that. I specifically read an article about this guy. And I don't know what political office he holds. USA. USA. Now, America's the lung of the planet and the heart. The spleen, probably. America's also probably the spleen of the planet. Maybe pancreas. Um, anyway, so Jer Bolincero believes that um, the forest fires, most people believe the forest fires are man-made, that ranchers were setting stuff on fire to make room for cattle. But Jer Bolincero says, no, that's not it. I know who's responsible for the forest fires. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. And people are like, what? And he goes, okay, okay, that's ridiculous, that's ridiculous. And the reporters are like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I thought our president was just saying that Leonardo DiCaprio was setting fires. And the president goes, no, no. I'm not saying he's out there personally setting fires, but he is supporting, he's giving money to the people who set those fires. People are like, what is going on? So this is the thing. Apparently, there's a bunch of volunteer firefighters down in the Amazon, spraying water everywhere, putting fires out, as, as you do. But these firefighters have been accused of setting fires. So they're fire lighters. Huh? Huh? The motive is this. The World Wildlife Fund, the WWF, is raising tons of money based on the Amazon fires. Oh, no, we got to stop the fires. You know, panda bears are get, losing their homes. It actually happened in Australia. I guess there was a huge fire in Australia. And they're like, well, oh, wait, not panda bears, koala bears. Panda bears in China. God. They said, I guess there was a big fire in Australia, and people were like, oh, you can guess the koala bears don't have homes no more. Gonna be extinct. No more Littlest Koala. What was that show on? uh, There was that trippy show on Nickelodeon about the koala, and it would, like, go to other dimensions. I think it was the Littlest Koala. It was these two koalas. It was, like, anime on Nickelodeon in the early 90s, and it had all this Dreamtime Aborigine stuff. Nothing to do with the story. Totally going off topic here. But anyway, so <laughs> the koala bears are going to have a hard time finding. That's not part of the story either, but they're going to have a hard time finding a home. Back to the story. Amazon Rainforest, totally on fire. So he's saying that the World Wildlife Federation, WWF, is setting fires. Having amateur, not amateur, yeah, amateur. Volunteer is the word. Totally different. Well, I guess you can be you can be an amateur and a volunteer, but just because you're a volunteer doesn't mean you're an amateur. He believes that the WWF is setting fires in Brazil, taking photos of said fires, and then using them to get money. And supposedly, Leonardo DiCaprio donated $500,000 to the WWF to fight these fires. And they've arrested those four volunteer firefighters. Now, they've been released, but they're still going to be tried for setting these fires. Now, here's the weird... Th- obviously, here's the... Th- there's a lot of things to unpack here. Here's the weird thing about this. So, he says, these guys... We don't know, obviously, if the people really set those fires. That'll be for the trial to be held. The media says, you are such a corrupt president that you are trying to hide your corruption from us by saying those people set fires. Which, to me, is a weird defense. Because you're saying, okay, let's say I was a super corrupt president and people are investigating me. I, there's a hundred other things I could say rather than Leonardo DiCaprio is setting fires in the Amazon, which was close to his original statement. Because Leonardo DiCaprio supposedly gave $500,000 to the WWF. And they're saying you're using this to distract. Now, there, there's a, if you were a president, you could say, 
the drug problem's too high, or kids with their fidget spinners, right? Am I right? Like, there's a lot of other stuff. It's a weird conspiracy theory to make up if you want to divert attention from yourself. You wouldn't say, I saw Bigfoot. You wouldn't say a ridiculous conspiracy theory. So, listen, it's probably not true, but I also wouldn't put it past somebody to do that. Somebody to do that. To set fires and then take pictures of it and then use it to get donations. Now, Leonardo DiCaprio has come forward, and this is all other weird part of this story. Leonardo DiCaprio comes forward and says, I didn't give him any money. Like, I appreciate, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I appreciate what the WWF does, but I have not donated any money to them. I've donated money to other charities that are fighting the Amazon rainforest, but not the WWF specifically. Which was an, another weird thing. He wasn't saying, oh, this isn't true. Which, to be fair, Leonardo Caprio probably has better things to do than defend the WWF from a ridiculous conspiracy theory. But it's also telling, again, as a conspiracy theorist, you could go, well, that's weird. He didn't say, well, that's not true. And I'm going to write a check to them today. He says, I never gave him any money. So the fact that I'm being brought into this conspiracy theory is ridiculous to begin with. I had nothing to do with them. They, they do good work, but I didn't have anything to do with them. If I was Leonardo... So first I was president. Now I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. If I was... And first off, I know how to pronounce my name. For some reason, I keep saying Leonardo. That's how you pronounce it, right? Leah, Leonardo. Leonardo. Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know. I feel like I've been mispronouncing it. Leonardo. Leah. It's not Leonardo. 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 Whatever. It doesn't matter. Mr. DiCaprio. If I was Mr. DiCaprio, I would say, that's ridiculous. No. They didn't start these fires. The end. And also, I didn't donate the money, but you, sir, are me. The fact that he didn't deny it is odd and so just a weird conspiracy theory now hey everybody welcome back see you didn't take a break i did i had to take what is going to be termed a heater break had to turn the heater on and get this apartment a little warmer the snow's here the snow is here i would do anything for an amazonian forest fire right now i guess technically i could just set a forest on fire it doesn't have to be amazonian but It's freezing. Let's go ahead and move on to our last story of the night. We're going to leave behind the beautiful, warm fields of Amazon. I guess they're fields now because all the trees have burned down. It feels so warm there. I'm setting fires. Leonardo DiCaprio, I see him. He's like handing me some gas. He's like, here you go. But this is not fossil fuel gas. This is environmentally sound gas. It was just air. I'm just spraying air everywhere. Anyways, thanks, Leo, for nothing. I leave. We leave. I leave. You stay there. You're hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, because you can pronounce his name correctly. He wants to hang out with you. So while you guys are partying with Mr. DiCaprio, and I'm flying the helicopter all lonely through the sky. Oh, that was a sad ending. But you chose to hang out with Mr. DiCaprio. Enjoy his podcast, jerks. And so I land... Get out of Dixonville, Pennsylvania. I'm walking around all by myself. Hmm, I wonder where my listeners are. You guys are in the party jet with Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like, yes, you guys have all, have do whatever you want. See those hot models over there? Make out with them. Or if you're not into that, 
have a good conversation with them, they all have PhDs. So some of you are making out with them. Some of you are talking about economics. Leonardo DiCaprio still can't pronounce the name correctly. His jet lands. It lands on top of the carpenter copter. I've officially become the cuck. Oh, that movie was so depressing. And the carpenter copter is destroyed. You guys all get out. You're still partying. And I'm just kind of sitting there on a rock. Like, thanks, guys, for finally showing up. Thanks for destroying my only mode of transportation. Air vehicle. Oh, wait, I have the dirigible still. Let's get on topic. Listen, the narration is... We've set the mood. We are in Dixonville, Pennsylvania. And the year is 1944. There's a, There was a mining disaster. Rocks. Mysteriously, 15 men and Leonardo DiCaprio died in this mining disaster. I pushed him in front of a boulder. I'm like, take my friends, will you? So now it's just me and you. It's me and you. Stripping his plane for parts. Rebuild. I guess I could have just used the airplane. But instead, I'm rebuilding the carpenter copter. Mining disaster, 1944, Dixonville, Pennsylvania. 15 men and one gorgeous young man died in this accident. Now, they bring in accident inspector Glenn E. Barger. Glenn E. Barger. Glenn, middle name E. Barger. Now, they bring him in and they're like, hey, we need to find out what happened to this mine. We need to find out, like, was it like a bomb to go off? Were there, was Wiley Coyote around here? Was it a simple cave-in? What happened? So he's like, yes, I will investigate this cave-in. That, that is my job. That is why I'm here. And they're like, but before you go into the cave, before you start looking around, we got to show you something. And he's like, ooh, is it that new Mickey Mantle baseball card? Ooh, is it? I wonder when baseball cards were invented, actually. I bet you they were invented, like, in the late 1800s. Just off the top of my head. And now I know right when I said that, a bunch of you thought Jason Baseball wasn't even around in the late 1800s. But weren't they playing it during the Civil War? Like, weren't they playing baseball back then? I wonder how much of my audience listens to this podcast just to get angry. Just to be like, how can one man know so little about so much? Like, he can go on and on about Bigfoot. He can go on and on about UFOs. But if you ask him when baseball was invented or when the first baseball card was printed, he will be wildly off. I'm, You know what? I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up. When was baseball invented? I'm going to say right now, Civil War. Let's find out how close I am. Thrilling podcasting, I know. When was baseball invented? 1846. So, yes. So, baseball was around pre-Civil War. Nice. I was I was very, very... Now, let's see when the first baseball card was. You're like, Jason, this isn't even the topic that you promised us. When was the, when was the first baseball card? made 1886 bam dude all you doubters out there because i get so many so many facts wrong bam you guys thought i was going to get humiliated on my own podcast you're wrong that that that's going to happen next episode or probably this episode as well you guys are all standing around we're still 1944 you guys are just waiting to hear a story about a mysterious cave-in I'm going on about baseball cards. Glenn Barger is looking at me being like, dude, who is this, who is this lunatic? I'm sorry, guys. I don't remember why I got on this subject. Oh, yeah, I made a joke about Mickey Mantle. Anyways, 
The point being is that they do have something to show him. And so now I'm going to be quiet for a second. I'm going to stay. That's why you guys abandoned me in the Amazon. You guys are like, Leonardo DiCaprio never went off on, on segues and, and talked about baseball cards during a monster story. I'm like, I know. I miss him already, too. But anyway, so Glenn Barger says, yeah, let me see what you got. So the, he, the this mining company executive and this sheriff's deputy is like, come over here. And they throw back like a blanket. Let me okay. Let me build a pick. That's that's, that's vague. <laughs> Where are they at? Bed Bath and Beyond? Then that'd be totally normal. There's a body laying on the ground. <laughs> I forgot that key detail. Covered with a blanket, and they throw the blanket off. And Glenn goes, "I've never, <laughs> I've never seen a rock leave injuries like this." And the mining executive is like, "Me neither." And the sheriff's deputy goes, "Those look more like the wounds that a wild animal might give a man." Not a stalactite or a stalagmite. And Glenn Barger stands up and goes, You're stalagrite. <laughs> so afterwards, afterwards, they, he, Glenn, I'm sorry, Glenn goes into this cave. I'm quite proud of that joke, by the way. Came up off the top of my head. Glenn goes in the cave, starts looking around. And they start finding more bodies. Now, there's one or two of them that just giant rock fell from the ceiling, crushed them, just like a grape, like putting your thumb on a grape. But there are other bodies that have what could only be described as claw marks. Deep, not like little raccoon claw. We're talking like fingernails, like little katana blades. Like if you took a little knife and cut a grape. And so he's walking around, he has another inspector with him, and they're like... And they notice that there's supposedly 15 miners that didn't come out of the cave, and they found a couple of them now, but there's a lot of them missing. And then he hears screaming down the tunnel, and Glenn turns. You know, I think one of the worst sounds in the world is a man screaming. It's horrifying. I think I might have mentioned this before. It absolutely terrifies me, and here's why. we I become... I think as a society, really, you become immune to the sound of a woman screaming because you hear it all the time in horror movies. And also, a lot of times, women will scream when they're, like, happy. You go, hey, here's your engagement ring. They're like, ah! <laughs> but, you know, like, a lot of times, girls will scream in when they're having fun, roller coasters, stuff like that. But also, you hear it so often in horror movies. When you hear a man scream, it's chilling because you never, ever hear it. Ever super terrifying but anyways he hears this man screaming sleep tight kids <laughs> the sound of men screaming all night long. he goes running and he sees his buddy his fellow inspector in a cave system like in a in a site they're all in a cave system that's not that's not that shocked him he's like oh my god we're underground what no he sees like a cave off to the side like a tunnel i guess is the term and he sees what appears to be some sort of monster attacking his buddy. And then the rocks like form up like old school stop motion and seal the tunnel. So now Glenn is separated from his buddy. So he's like, come on, guys, let's move these rocks. And they start moving these rocks away. And then a bunch of stop motion skeletons show up and they start fighting them like old timey Jason and the Argonauts. But no, in real life, they move all the rocks away and his buddy is okay but there was some sort of monster down there. And the quote was, the thing wasn't human. And they never found the bodies of the other missing miners. And the theory, working theory, was this, that these miners 
were working in a cave, and they broke into an old cave system. And, and one of the people who got out of the cave and survived this incident said, this is all reported in the newspaper. We'll get into that in a second. But one of the men says, I'm in the caves, and we, we were mining, picking with the picks, you know, doo-doo-doo, doo That's like a Middle Eastern snake charming song. I was trying to do whistle while you work, but they're moving stuff around. I wonder if they always, I wonder if miners always get, like, tired of dwarf jokes. Back then, they were probably always getting made fun of for being dwarves. So you could assume one of them went on a crazed pickaxe killing spree. But anyways, he goes, no. That didn't happen. Quit going on segues, Jason, the miner says to me. He goes, and then he turns to the rest of you and addresses. This is what happened. We were, we were doing our thing in the cave. We were mining, and we broke through to an ancient tunnel that was, like, parallel to us. It was next to us. And then this creature came out of it and started attacking people and was making rocks fly around and making cave-ins. And I ran out because I was scared. Super spooky. So Glenn Barger takes his report and never releases it. Ever. But then how do we know this stuff? How do we know this stuff? What happened was in the 70s, his son finds this report. He's going through his stuff, going through his his dad passed away. Mysteriously, a giant rock fell on him. No, his dad passes away. The son, Barger, Barger Jr., Mr. Young Barger, whatever his name is, he finds this report and then he takes it to a local journalist named Stony Breakfield. And he published this story in News Extra, Pennsylvania's newspaper News Extra. He published it in 1974, 30 years after the. Uh, the attack in Dixonville's mining system. So this story has been going around for quite a long time online. It hasn't gotten super viral, but it's not hard to find resources on it. A lot of people have covered it. And one person in particular covered it, and I gotta give credit to this uh, website. It's called The Paranormal Pastor. Paranormal Pastor basically did all the research of the after events. The stuff that I normally have to do, so hats off to the paranormal pastor for this. My first thing is looking at the stories, I go, that's dope. That's totally awesome. Monster underground, chopping people up, uh, eating eating dudes, making them disappear, um, making geomancy, controlling the rocks, all that type of stuff. Really cool. Really cool thing. But it's probably not true. So, let's find out. The easiest thing for us to track down is the newspaper. News Extra, Pennsylvania's New Extra. Doesn't exist. Newspaper never existed. So that's the easiest place to start. The guy who runs the paranormal pastor did some more digging. There are mines in Pennsylvania, obviously. And there are mines in Dixonville. But there's no mines by that name. They named it the Dixonville Mine. I think it was like Dixonville Mine 22 or something like that. There was no disaster in the year of 1944. Again, you know, mine disasters are very, very well documented because... Because they usually turn into lawsuits. There's all sorts of paperwork filled out. They're run by corporations that have to report it in their books. Now, I'm not saying that, like, obviously they're an illegal mining operation. They're not going to have any paperwork or the best paperwork. But generally, mines that are run by companies are very well documented. They would have to show, oh, there was an accident this year. This is how many people we lost. This is government oversight. These are the penalties we paid. These are the lawsuits we had to file or settle with the families and all that stuff. 
So we're losing a bunch of the information. And then actually he goes on to say, Paranormal Pastor says, I searched and there is no Stony Breakfield. There is no reporter by that name. So this, this story is interesting for two reasons. One, it's a cool little monster story. It has all the hallmarks. It has people in an area that normal humans don't go to. It was, took place a long time ago. And you have this monster running around in the darkness gutting people. It's like a horror story. And I think that's why it spreads so much on the internet. This is what's fascinating about this. And I and the reason why I wanted to cover this isn't just because it's kind of a cool, sp- spooky story. Because of the implications. The implications. What I think is interesting, we talk a lot about deep fakes. We talk a lot about video footage being manipulated to look like it's real. And that has implications on two sides. One, if somebody, if I want to make it look like my political opponent eats babies, then I can doctor footage to show my political opponent eating babies. And on the same factor, if I do actually eat babies, I could then say, oh, that wasn't me, that was a deep fake. And they're like, uh, sir, we're watching you eat a baby during this press conference where you're denying it. You're like, ah, I was, I'm hungry. But that video, that was fake. So it can work. People are afraid that deep fakes are going to work both ways. I think that the cryptid game, because we've covered a lot of stories like this where people have totally made stuff up. And when you track it back, there was no newspaper of that time. There's no author. We, this isn't new. We've covered a lot of stories where they were totally made up. And when you look back and they'll be like, this was reported in the Atlanta Gazette. And you're like, what? That newspaper doesn't exist. It might exist. But, you know, it's just an example. I think the people who tell these stories, tell these legends going forward, are going to start using real sources and real names. Because a key component to finding out this story was fake, definitely for me to start off, was that the newspaper didn't even exist. If the person making up the story used a real newspaper, found an a article written by someone with a byline in that newspaper, which wouldn't be hard, which wouldn't be super difficult, that person could be dead, that person could be old, whatever. It wouldn't matter. If I saw, whoa, there was a news extra newspaper in Pennsylvania in operation in 1944, and Stony Breakfield is a real journalist, that would make me start to lean more towards, hmm, this is real. Now, obviously, the other things he would have to, the person who made the story up would have to make it take place in a real mine, and then in the story include the point, because of the mysterious events that took place, there is no record of this mine disaster. The government covered it up. Is that suspicious? Obviously, but it works better than all of those verifiable details being made up. Most of these stories, this is creepypasta, most of these stories are made up to entertain the author, and then and then to creep out teenagers and stuff, and then it spreads and it gets into the into the paranormal community, and and people act like it's a real thing. And again, I don't know how much, I don't know how many of these paranormal websites just know that this stuff is nonsense and stuff is fake, and they just want clicks, or they actually believe in it. It's sometimes hard to tell, but and really, conspiracy theories are creepypasta. That is already using real-life events. This X happened, therefore it was the government or it was the Illuminati that did this. That's that's really... And then it gathers around the internet, that narrative builds. That's a creepypasta. But we're going to see that same method attribute itself to monsters running around in a cave. It will be very soon that only basic common sense will keep you from being tricked about a story involving monsters or seamen, not that type, or, you know, like creatures from the deep. Only common sense. And common sense is, even for me, 
a fleeting thing. Because sometimes you get a story that's so juicy and so scary, you want to believe it so badly that common sense goes out the window. And if our ability to debunk these stories is overridden by a master storyteller, who knows what we're going to be believing in the coming years. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.